The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host/slash guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. Hey, what's up and welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on BeExposedRadio.com. I'm your host, Nate, and we're here on this Friday. I can feel fall fighting through. I want that damn rain to stop. Um, I want the heat to stop, and I need it to just be fall. Um... So we have a guest today, well, guest co-host today. Um, Blue will be calling in shortly. Um, let me make sure, because you know, sometimes African Americans, they just need a little nudge. It's a little. All right, guys and ladies, I'm going to share it out a little bit as well. Uh, where do I, I don't see the, um, the artist exchange room. I don't know why I share it with you every single week. <clears throat> Just sharing the show out, ladies and gents, a couple people. Mm. I be wondering why certain people um pop up. So I think it's people who either look at your page or sent you a message or mm-hmm. and just sharing it out, couple groups, couple individuals. And also watches on YouTube on Be Exposed Radio's page. Or is it Be Exposed Media on YouTube? Okay, so I'm ready. So Blee will be here shortly, hopefully, or I'm going to have to go drag him. Um, but I talked to him earlier. So he should be here. Can you hear me okay, Moni? Sure can. I was gifted with a nice um, gift this past week. So my does my screen look a little bit clearer, Moni? My camera look a little bit better? I think it looks too good because now I look real scrubbing. It is very clear. Thank you. I was a good boy this week, so I was given a nice gift. Uh, but second week of school has ended. We're going into the third week next week. I uh, uh, got my first call to the principal office. 
um, this coming Monday. Um, I was out of there today. Uh, parent just missed me and I just missed them. Um, <laughs> but I'll have to meet with them on Monday morning. Um, I don't know why, some child probably misinterpreted. You, I think we need to start talking to our children and not so much that, you know, I know my generation and probably the generation right behind me was the first ones to be like, this is my child. You don't, you don't discipline my child. And it really has, you know, garnered, um, on both sides of the conversation, it's really garnered a lot of children that don't respect authority, um, in my in my opinion. Um, and I see on one side of the conversation where people were abusive to children. People are still coming out of the closet as being abusive to children. Um, and speaking of being abusive to children, we're going to be talking a little bit um, once Blue gets here about the Tiffany Haddish. And I'm going to say... Ari Spears and Tiffany Haddish, because people are really going at the neck of Tiffany Haddish. And you can tell people don't, didn't like her to begin with. So they're using this opportunity to really jump in there. But we're gonna talk, talk a little bit about that later in our hot topic section. Um, uh, but however, I really feel like um, even though we have this large group of incidents where, and I say large, a lot of children have been uh, neglected or um, mistreated or, you know, abused. So parents had to get, and some of the parents were the people who were doing the abusing, but a lot of parents had to be overly protected because maybe they had been abused or neglected or mistreated. So um, it really goes without saying that I really understand. But on the opposite side of that, when you give your children, not give them away, but you send them to a school or nursing, uh, a kind of a nursery type of setting or school setting, um, or just out into the world in general. You cannot go, you cannot let them leave out the house or send them somewhere or take them somewhere and just relinquish any rights that those adults that you are leaving them in the care of, um, you can't just assume that they don't have any rights in terms of admonishing your children. Notice the words that I'm using, admonishing. I didn't say beating your child. I didn't say disrespecting your child. But discipline comes in various degrees. And discipline isn't just on the side of the parents. And it should not, from the parents' perspective, just be from them. Now, lines need to be drawn. You know, if you have a conversation with teachers or individuals you leave in the care of your children, um, well, the people you leave your children in the care of, I meant to say it that way. Um, so discipline for a parent is dis different from the discipline of a grandparent, of a babysitter, of a teacher or staff member. It's, it's different levels of it. So my discipline is I'm a very stern teacher um, I'm very direct with students. I'm very honest with children. I don't hide behind jargon or verbiage. Um, and I'm very direct and I speak to them on the level that I think they could consume what I'm saying to them and what I am giving to them. Um, but some children have been given 
conversation from whether it be from parents or therapists where any type of discipline specifically from black men is wrong and it's the wrong wrong verbiage to give to a child because then that lets that child believe that they can do whatever they want and i noticed when our and I'm not making this about race, but I'm just being honest about who the people are. When I notice women, uh, black or white, when they're into when they enter into a situation, the attitudes change with the children, uh, and it doesn't 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 necessarily change, but how they're treating me or other men that I see them around versus how they're treating these women, whether they be black or white, uh, and more importantly, when they're white, it's almost like they run to them. Um, and and we've taught our children the wrong thing in terms of who's safe and who's not safe. I am not unsafe simply because I'm a black man. Um, and a lot of children come out of the house with that attitude, whether they have a black man in their house or not. They come out with this attitude towards other. And and I'm not saying this as law, but this is my truth, and this is how I am experiencing it and what I'm seeing. Um, and unless you are a certain type of black man, more so the coach type of black man, uh, everybody else fits into another category when it comes to black men in the educational system. And what is really harsh is there are a lot of black men. And at times I felt like this was me where men have been pushed into this field because we needed more black men to be there for these black and brown children. Um, and and a lot of a lot of people don't belong in the school system. Uh, just being honest, uh, because they don't they don't. Um, it's hard because a lot of children typically like some of those people. A lot of those people, especially when the ones that fall into the coach or the grandmama role, they typically love those types of people in the school system. Um, and not to say that those people aren't necessarily qualified or shouldn't be in a system but a lot of them shouldn't be when you because the type of rules that they break makes it very difficult for everybody else in the school to maintain a balance and some semblance of management of behavior and it just really mm, it's just an awkward feeling to be in a building and watching people break rules because then those especially with parents and uh, faculty alike it makes it really difficult for the rest of the school system to be able to manage that child's behavior when you are breaking rules to manage their behavior. Um, I don't like adults that talk to children in terms of teaming up against other faculty. It's happened to me. I've watched it happen several times to other teachers. And I think it's just an ugly space for adults to be in and put children in when you are gossiping or having personal conversations about other adults or other faculty members with children. Um, I still I see it a lot with parents when they send their children or when, they, when they're speaking to their children at home, they're having certain conversations with their children about how um, that teacher better treats you or how that teacher better talks to you or you do what I say. And you're not around to manage that child's moment to moment behavior to tell your child something like that. And you know your child, like my mother knows me. As a child, my mother knew me. So she knew my temperament. She knew what I would say, what I would not say. Um, 
but she never sent me to school. I think the, the worst thing my mother ever said, if you have to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. And if that gets you into trouble, let me deal with it. Um, but that was about it. Or somebody, you know, I didn't even have that mother where she like, if somebody hit you, you better hit them back. Like she kind of alluded to it, but she never really like directed me to do that. Um, and at elementary school, my mother worked there. So I didn't have that much other problems because when an issue did happen, they knew to call her and she would come right there. When I got to middle school and high school, that's when it became more of an issue. Um, it wasn't like I got, I did, I think I did get into more more fights in middle school and high school than ever in elementary school. But um, that was just the nature and the environment of the school. When you go into all boys schools, you're going to have that as an issue and you just have to figure out how to navigate the system and the, the processes that that school has to get the best environment for your child. I think Blue is messaging me and he's saying something. He's about to sign on. Negroes are always about to do something. Um, <laughs> but I want you all to join in the conversation today. Um, today's overall topic will be, what are your taboos? We'll talk about a lot of taboos within the black community amongst friend circles amongst re different relationship levels of taboos. Um, it came, so I'm not gonna drop it, I'll pick that up when we get it. But on the end of your children, just have healthier conversations with them and the people that you entrust with their care um, about boundaries, about what their level of discipline is, what you want their level of discipline to be. Um, and be honest, and know your child. Know your child may run their mouth. I have one student that just constantly asks me why, and she's learned to question adults, which is healthy. But on the other side, when I'm telling you something that is positive that you need to be doing to correct your behavior or to not to be a distraction or disrespectful in class, that is the wrong time for you to then question. It's just, we have to teach our children those things. And I think, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm gonna say my sister because I think our temperament is is more so alike, but I didn't have a mom that would sit us down. I, I don't, I, and I, that's why I say, I don't know much of, you know, towards my sister because that was a girl. Um, I know it happened with my cousin who lived with us on and off growing up, but um, for me, I never had the sit down conversations. A lot of the stuff that I've learned was more so in a moment, like if, if something happened, then I would get that type of information from my mother or uh, a lot of indirect things. And I, I just was not a bad child. Um, I, I wasn't active that way. I did have a smart mouth, but that didn't really come in until middle school because I was dealing with a different type of adult at that point. Uh, I, I, all throughout, elementary school, I had white teachers and non-black teachers, but the school was predominantly black. Going to middle school, it went to the faculty was 99% white or other. Um, and that was a big culture shock for me because they have a different way of discipline. They have a different way of talking. And a lot of my teachers were first year teachers or especially in middle school, they were first year teachers or they had been teaching only like less than five years. Um, and to be put into an environment with a bunch of young black boys 
was not the best environment for some of those teachers. And you could tell some of them struggled with, you know, learning to discipline as I have been in classrooms as well. So it's really just, it's a different type of environment. It's a different type of um, conversation um, when, when you're dealing with children. But it's something that needs to be said. Don't wait as a parent, don't wait until something happens. And I typically, um, and this has just been the principles that I had, and the principle that I have now is a little different, but the principles that I had, uh, especially the last one, shout out to Ms. Machado um, at um, Arundel Elementary School down in Cherry Hill. Um, she really, I had it happen before where she really made a point of, of, of getting me to do it. And as a new teacher, she, she always suggests that we introduce ourselves in a form of a letter. We have an app, it's called Dojo, um, and we can do it via Dojo. Um, it's hard when you are a resource teacher because you are sending out letters to the whole body of students and their parents. Um, when you, like last year, when I had fourth grade, it was a little bit easier because I just had that class. Um, but it, it's always custom, it, it should be customary that first year teachers send a letter or email or whatever the best communication is to a parent. So your first and your first conversation with the teacher isn't, or parent, isn't when something bad has happened. Um, and, it, and it allows the, when something does happen, for it to be a, a better confrontation because we've met and we at least have a rapport. Um, and, you know, parents have different schedules. So sometimes parents teacher conferences aren't really accessible to parents. Sometimes you meet the extended family, say, the the dad or not calling the dad extended family but people outside of the parents you typically meet either one of the parents or an aunt or grandparent or step parent that's the person that you typically meet at parent teacher conferences when parents can't be there or you just don't meet anybody um and i've gone a whole school year never have met any of the, some of the parents um, and sometimes that happens um it's not good always um, it's happening more and more because we have a lot of um, non-English speaking parents now um, in school systems and the number is actually growing, um, the ESAW students. Um, and that's not just for Spanish speaking students, that's for non-English speaking people in general. So, um, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I, I did say it, but I was really talking. Um, <laughs> Uh, but call in. Uh, the phone lines are open, 443-642-9403. Um, are you seeing these? I just saw these. Um, I actually saw the Facebook message before I saw that. Um, yeah, so it, it it is definitely trying, and we're losing teachers still. Um, and... It is right. It's and the person that's losing out the most is definitely the student. Um, I can't really even say the family, but the student is losing out because often when you're switching teachers, it's hard to maintain uh, a, a consistent curriculum. Um, so they're doing a lot of makeup. They're doing a lot of catch up work. You know, they're getting 
push through and now the system that we have and I don't know how permanent or well it's not, it's not permanent but I know right now they're they're trying to rebound from the pandemic uh, but <coughs> from pre-k through through 12th grade there's a lot of passing of students and and it's unfortunate and it's you know it's an argument on both sides of it but um, at the end of the day, the students are losing and then ultimately future looking to look to the future, the future is suffering because these are going to be the same students that won't be able to get into certain colleges. Um, he, he's waiting to be let in, Amani. Um, it's going to be the same students that have difficulty getting into colleges or into certain careers um, because college isn't has turned into an option or an alternative um, versus, you know, of natural progression. So it really is going to be tough on a lot of these students to um, get it because we have a lot of students. And I don't want to say the majority because the numbers are iffy depending on, you know, if you hear from the administration or the news or whatever, but we have a large number of students who are not reading, writing, uh, math across the board. And those are the ones that this year, I think literacy for Baltimore City Public Schools and probably a lot of other school systems, they're focusing specifically on literacy and getting our children on reading levels and writing levels uh, close to or on their school level. <coughs> Great level, I mean. But yeah, so do your part. Um, if you have a little bit of time to talk to children, understand what they're going through. Um, I know a number of school systems took surveys at the end of last year, and a lot of those students felt unsafe in their environments. And it's in that, you know, as it pertains to their to, to other faculty and their teachers, it's really a lot of misunderstanding. You cannot send your children to school with these aggressive um, and non-progressive attitudes towards adults when it is adults that is managing them and maintaining them and protecting them throughout the school day because you're creating tension before these children even are introduced to whoever their teachers are going to be. And teachers, students now have no problem saying we want a new teacher. We don't want this person. And you can't keep, right now, you can't keep replacing teachers. There is a shortage specifically in the United States in every state public, private, county, city, urban, charter, there are, is a shortage. And the main argument is the behavior of these students. A lot of adults, teachers don't want to deal with it anymore. It is not, when I say there has been moments where I come home and I can, I just, if I was to test my blood pressure, it would probably be through the roof just trying to maintain just a calm um, or just peace or just behavior. It is very difficult. And we're hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging teachers and staff members throughout the school system in the United States at large. And I'm sure it's probably tough in other areas outside of the country as well, but I know specifically here and a lot of districts won't talk about it, but the numbers are out there the number of substitutes that are being hired. Um, I'm still on a substitute list. And when I say I get 
phone calls every single morning, every weekend, every evening, you get phone calls because the principals or the staff are putting in for substitutes the morning of midday, the evening, and you, you get the calls as they are being put into the system. And it's really, it's around the clock. Even if, like, if you decline the call, they're going to call you back because that's how fast the system is moving. It goes by the substitute's last name. So you get called based on what is available based on your name, uh, your last name. So for calls to keep coming back, that means there are so many openings and not enough staff to fill them and certainly not enough substitutes. So what does that mean? The quality of the people that they are asking to be substitutes, the bar is being lowered a little bit. You know, and and it's very unfortunate. And not that's no disrespect to anybody that's subbing or or in charge of finding subs, but it's just it's so many openings. Um, and a lot of if you talk to a lot of those teachers, they are tired of children who don't have accountability. And the system swaying now more so in the direction solely of the student. And now the adults are guilty and self-proven innocent. You know, we have to continuously fight for our integrity. Um, and we have parents that come in with little to no information or involvement um, trying to, you know, protect their children. And it's just not, it's not healthy anymore because these are the same people who sent their children to school with little to no um, guidance in how to articulate their feelings or uh, being able to deal with interactions or conflict. You, you are, these are the same people. And then they come angry with attitudes when they're being called to the school or when the child has gone home and exaggerated or just outright lied. Um, and I don't wanna bash students, but it happens. And they get that behavior from somewhere. But Blue is here. Yes, and I hear the truth. Hello, everyone. Some of us has real jobs, but um, <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, I'm glad to have glad to be here. And I hear you're talking about school again. Well, you know, it's it's not as you know they rush to fix contaminated water sometimes they rush to indict a president but they don't rush to fix the school system mm. so when i'm saying politicians are dead and gone who is going to replace them you know other than their own grandchildren that's why there's so many so so much nepotism in politics now because <laughs> they're not tending to the needs of the general public that only, the only people that's getting their needs met are the children or families of these politicians. So mm -hmm. then you have a family lineage of politicians because nobody else is smart enough to be in it. So, but yeah, so we have some interesting topics today, speaking of children. Um, for our hot topic portion, I wanted to bring up the Aries Spears and Tiffany Haddish um accusations a parent allegedly so 
how I've heard the story, and if you heard different, definitely fill in. Um, a parent was uh, approached by, I believe, Tiffany Haddon and Aerie Spears, I think separately, and asked if their children could be a part of this skit that they was doing. This was years ago. Um, and the parent agreed. Now it's unclear if the parent dropped their children off or stayed with the children. That's the part that's not really being talked about. I believe I heard them say they would drop off. So um, wait, wait, before you continue, you said the parent asked for their child to be a part of the skit. No, the way that the story is going down, and there's not a lot of information being put out there, there's a lot of speculation information circulating. But from, from the responses of Aries and Tiffany, the, the issue was the parent has been trying to solicit funds from them mm. or kind of blackmail them on one side of it. That's what their teams are putting out there. Um, and the parent has said that the child came home that day crying, upset, because they felt like they were they were held handled inappropriately. Now, I don't know how you wait until now when, well, I don't really know about Aries because I'm not a fan of his at all, but Tiffany no. Haddish is everywhere that you now bring about a lawsuit. And there's no, be perfectly clear, there are no, what is the term called? There are no um, time limits when you have abused a child. Mm -hmm. Sexually abused. Sexual the sexual limitations on sexual or physical abuse of a child. There are no limitations on that. Rape of an adult or anybody or, you know, murder. There are statutes of limitations on all that. Theft, all that. But when you touch a child, whether it be sexually or physically, like aggressively, domestically, uh, you will still face the charges. And that's what Tiffany and Aries is going through right now. The allegations are out and allegedly the parents are suing, the mother is suing, of, I think it was two children, the, the mother is suing Tiffany and Aries Spears for the movie that she claimed she asked to see the movie. And allegedly Aries told her that the, the children were so bad and wasn't, you know, blah, 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 blah that they could not even use any of the footage. And come to find out, the footage is out there. It's been out there. So that's just, this is my issue. Mm -hmm. My issue. First of all, as a parent, mm -hmm. if I have a child that's about to participate in any play, I'm gonna wanna know what the script is gonna be about. What is the play, what is the um, video gonna be about? And these, now, I was, were, these were not showbiz kids either. So it wasn't like a routine for them. But like you said, you should still have read the content to see what it was going to be or stay and watch. As a parent, and I'm just saying, as a parent, I don't care if I'm a, it's a studio, uh, if it's a, an acting kid or not. I'm not going to have my child on a video without knowing what the hell the video is about. Number one. And, we'll and number two, if and, and then I want to know what's the uh, what's the topic, what's the intent of the uh, movie, what type of movie this is. Now, the the vid, the movie, the um um little skit was creepy as fuck. Uh -huh. um, yeah. 
It was absolutely, uh, Aries was creepy, I think. And I, I, I don't know what the intentions were because well, it looked like a failed, it looked like a failed attempt at, I don't know what type, I don't know what the intent was, but it was creepy. Oh, that was a, that was intention. It was it was a skit. It was I guess it was meant to it was be like a funny. skit straight, or it was it? I don't know what the what, 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 I don't know the purpose. It wasn't really like after the school special intention, but it was like watch who you have around your children. Yeah, I that, got that's, that like, that's from. what I think that was Tiffany's last lines or something. Like watch who you have around your children. I so got every page this creepy man. You know, who was just watching the children, you know, inappropriately. And my thing is, is that even with that, I would not see. This is where I, this is where I have a problem with the lack of information, and also when people, because it it looks like an attempt to get money out of something that it really, if you looked at the video, it would not have made any money. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't that type of. It, I don't see why she would expect to get money out of them over something because it was basically something that it looked like something that you would do for um, a class. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it wasn't the quality of it. That's one. But I get that. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, this wasn't. Uh, this was probably before they were even famous or they were just about to do their come up. Um, you know. And so I think, Aries, I think Aries was on on um is he was doing in Living Color at that time? No, not in it wasn't called Living Color, it was Mad TV. He was Mad on that at the time. And Tiffany wasn't really known at the time. It wasn't it was I think it was like 10, 15 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Right. But it and that's not important whether they were famous or not, but it was very cringeworthy. But, it, was, it was definitely that, but I see that that's why I said, what was the intention? Because the video, it, the way that it was like intentionally that the video was meant to be creepy. The, um, everything about it was creepy. And I was like, oh, this is, ugh. I would not like, I wouldn't want much. Actually, I wouldn't want my child in it if it was something other than it was intentionally meant to be creepy because it was. Right. But, Another thing I would have done is I would have reviewed the script or I would have actually stayed to see, well, what the hell is this? You know, I'm not going to leave my child in at, a, at a, another adult's place to do a video. Now, now I'm going to say, okay, so, so I'm going to say this. After doing, so I just did Fashion Week. I direct plays. I'm in plays. I've been in plays with children. They were I had a 12-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 16-year-old in Fashion Week this time. Mm -hmm. And I've I've had children in my play as young as five. I teach. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's different on the school side because they're that not about the school day. But if your child was in a play that is outside school hours or in fashion or now, you know, these, these, these YouTube skits and stuff is everywhere. Yeah. You need to either be there or have a grandparent or a neighbor or a friend that you completely trust, to be a babysitter, to be there with your child. Because somebody needs to advocate if something gets too, you know, has she been there? You need to advocate. Let's just, say, let's just say she has all good intentions and she really feels like they did her child wrong. Had you been there, you could have said, hey, uh, this shit is creepy. Uh-uh. Cut. -uh. 
We ain't got doing if, if, every, if anybody, let me tell you something. First of all, th- this is where I pay in. This is just it. And people may be upset. The parent needs to be charged. Because had the parent been there, they wouldn't have been. That, that's what the parent is supposed to be there, to monitor and to protect their child. That meant that you weren't there to protect your child because you were so busy doing something else. And now that something has happened, if allegedly something happened. Yes, because my thing is, is why, where, the, where the hell were you at when it was, first of all, they had one big kid in the damn tub. Where the hell were you at? I think these, I think they were found at like the Slauson swap meet or allegedly. A lot of the information is very sketchy because you have a lot of people just speculating on stuff. And I, I talked about it, one, because I am... I am a teacher and I've been in these situations before, not doing something creepy, but you have to be mindful as a people who are creating the art and content and the people who are managing those children, whether it be a child or an adult, you have to be mindful that you have someone there to advocate for you because those, these types of things don't happen when all the teas. And at that time, they probably didn't have a lot of money. So they didn't have a budget. They didn't have a showrunner or, you know, agents and stuff like that. But and we don't know. We don't, like, well, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know the backstory. We don't know any of this stuff. All a we lot know of the stuff is not clear. So I guess if it does go to trial, we'll hear about it. Can I say this is my thing? If you are a parent, your first responsibility is to your children. It's to the protection and the safety of your children. Not money, or not money, not fame or anything. I'm not going to, and that's the problem. We sit back and we we trust our children in a lot in the hands of a lot of individuals that we haven't even done any real background on, or we don't know anything about these people. So my thing is, is that if I don't know, if you're doing a video, you're doing a play or anything like that, if it's outside of someone that I know, and even with individuals that you know. Things get crazy. Things happen. So you you want to be the first line of defense. Like, okay, wait a minute. I'm not going to send my child someplace without me knowing what's going on. Like, I'm not also I'm not going to um, um, expose my child to stuff that is going to have them put them in harm's way. No, I'm not going to teach my child how to sell no fucking drugs. I'm not going to teach my child. Uh, I'm not going to show my child guns and violence because what happens, especially if it's a black child. Yeah. Yeah, I'm setting them up, and, and so for me to have you got you, you that anyway. You can find thousands of them. And I think the problem, the, the issue is, is that I think that in situations like this, the parent they, they, they try to paint the parents as victims, especially with uh, the the R. Kelly and situ- that situation. The parent need to be. Um, charged as well and they need to be paced on a sex offender site as well and they need to experience that as well because guess what they had a responsibility and they neglected to act on that responsibility yeah and if that and and if more parents were held accountable because it's clear that you're going after money Mm -hmm. because if you were going if it was about the children you would know that you know what this um um, where was the parent now, if it was someone poor, mm-hmm. social services and the courts would be on the parents' ass. Yeah, yeah. Would be on. Well, the parents I, I don't ass. think the. I don't. I. I don't know the connection of the mom and Aries or Tiffany 
I, I believe there was some. You didn't, you didn't say this is how you know it's bullshit. This is bullshit. You know it's bullshit because they're on any criminal. Where the criminal charges? Well, well, and that's 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 the bullshit. But but but, but, but about but any see, what happens? Now, I wasn't asking about no damn money. I see, that's about, the way no, things are now. That's the way things no, are. No, that's the way. That's the way. With no, because it's a criminal offense. No, but I'm saying, but this is how people are handling criminal things now. They're going to public no, opinion. No, they're not. So public because opinion is, I'm going to get no. a lawyer and I'm going to sue. No, if you're going not, to, no. Not I'm going to. Downtown, this is really you, inappropriate. This is, like you said, this is a criminal offense. If, yeah, there's, yeah. if there was criminal activity going on. So why not go to a lawyer and go to CPS or go to the proper channels? Why are we on social media with this? Why has this already hit social media? Tiffany and Aries don't have that much money where they can silence people. And guess what? I, and guess what? If the parent was being held accountable, it would be a fucking different story. Yeah. Well, well, and that's why people are now going to social media first, so they can get they can be the first person to get their story out. So they are now listening as a victim. But my thing is, is that the first question in any investigation is where were you and why weren't you why weren't you there? So my question to the mother is, or the father, or whoever is, is that how how well do you know these two individuals to leave your children with them and allow them to take a video of um, video footage of them? Yeah. For you to not even have any for you to not even have any access to the footage until years later, you don't even know what the video was about. So it could have been a whole child pornography thing. Because allegedly the child came home in tears, a young boy. Both, well, both of the children came home in tears. And when she tried to contact them, allegedly, um, they were really, it was more so her trying to get in contact with Aries Spears. And over the years, both of them have been on a cash grab. Come on now, Nick. This man had been on television, podcasts. Got the shit elbowed out of them, and you mean to tell me that you can't find a way of getting in contact with someone who who harmed your child? Well, I mean, they were they were still comics, so they would would have been accessible. I mean, even Very when they were accessible. on that exactly. level, anybody's accessible. That, that you that still live Mom, where they were. I don't know who you are. This is my my. The parent needs to be charged. Yeah. If you're gonna charge, if you're gonna charge Aries and um for um um child abuse and sexual abuse and neglect, the parent needs to be charged with um um uh, what is it uh, accessible? Because but that you needs just, to be a standard in these cases too. It that is. Outside of it, is. it is. It's across the board. You can't put you. If I was to take a child out and say I'm I'm going to sell him for sex, I'm an accessory to a crime. And you just basically said that you admitted to dropping your kids off at some random strangers or um, people that you don't know or you had limited knowledge of and allowed them to be video. And the kid comes to you and say and they're crying and say something happens. And then how many years later do you say something about it? Well, allegedly, she's been trying to get to them throughout. You don't have to. She don't have to try. Not about not necessarily about 
the video, but trying to get money from them. Exactly. Because if you don't have to try, because had you to file the criminal lawsuit or you to file the suit, the people who do that, um, who are responsible for the investigation would have did all of the lo locating at, that you needed. Even if, even if it was, even, I, I would say do that. And even if it was swept under the rug or they didn't find anything, you would have had something to say 10, 15 years later. Look, I tried to do that. All and right. I've been trying to do this time and nobody. So I had to go to social media. When I hear that narrative, then I'm like, okay, social media is, that's what it's for now. But when you, when you initiate it, and I'm not saying this is the first time they ever brought it up, but when you go right to social media, and it was just very, it was very telling after, you know, Aries said those things about Lizzo, then this came out. Like, it just, it just really, it's weird to me. Social media is very weird to me. And I don't right. understand it. I don't get it. I don't, you know, I don't subscribe to the notion that, you know, before you go. Well, my thing is that. You go and, and, to a lawyer and social media. And the, the fact is, is that we're coming to, we, I mean, everybody that, this is what I have an issue with, is, is that there is no accountability when people weaponize the legal system. Or social media. Or weaponize portions of the legal system. Because again, what happens is, is that that's like individuals that make false, make false accusations about, um, you know, um, being robbed or, or um, when parents are angry with one another and they get their children to make false accusations against, you know, the other parent. I think that mm -hmm. when, when situations like that happen, I think that there need to be criminal charges brought against the parents. And I think that those should be substantial because what happens is, is that you're now, you're, you're, you're creating an issue with the, the, the legal system. The legal system is supposed to be there and it's supposed to be fair. But when people can come in and they can make up things and you can go after, because you have a personal, um, 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 if it, it resonates with you somewhere personally, then you just automatically assume that, okay, this person is the victim and this person isn't. Because That's in this situation, first of all, the children are the, if this was a case, the children are the victims and the people that were responsible was one the parent yeah. and the individuals that committed the offense. Yeah. That takes me and back that's what, and that's not what I that's not what's being seen. The whole R. Kelly situation, it had me upset because my thing is, is that how the hell do you have a a, a, a child, an adolescent, I don't give a who the fuck it is, whether they grown in their ass or not. Mm -hmm. How do you have someone with your child and you don't know anything about them? How do you let them go to the concert or how do you see them the all? And how, how is it that the only thing that you're concerned yeah. about is how they compensate you? And that and especially with R. Kelly and with Michael Jackson, there were plenty of accounts of there being money exchanging. And when the money stopped, that's when the allegations started. So you, so all it, of a it, sudden they're on TV wondering where that child is. That sounds like prostitution to me. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, and it also sounds like sex trafficking. And it, but, but see, that's the part where I have, I have to, I just, I, it, it makes me think of a story. I was watching a younger a couple of weeks ago and one of the back episodes came up where 
um, the mother had accused the father of possibly sexually abusing. Baby, when I children. saw that episode, I felt they for were the adults. father. So I how do you even the father? So they, y'all was trying to get them to a space where they could communicate, or at least. He could forgive so he could move on. And I couldn't even see a space of how do you begin to forgive somebody who could have ended that? That's life ending. She right did. There. Yeah, you but, said like, they but it never, it never, it never amounted to charges. She did. The issue with that is, is that regardless of whether their charges had happened, the, the damage has already been done right. psychologically and emotionally. That meant that ever since that moment of the accusation, whether, and this is the problem with it, is because after the accusations go away, the person still has to live with it. Yeah. And also, you have to live with whether you are charged with it or not, you have to live with other people creating their own narrative. So even if you're found and you're exonerated of all charges, mm -hmm. You still have people that say, well, I think that motherfucker did it. The children, the children, despite how they felt, because they were so young, I remember, because they were so young, they didn't understand what the mom was saying. They just went along with it. No, they because they loved the, the dad still, they were torn. And I remember one of the girls saying, I just don't know what to believe. Like but the fact is, is that, can you imagine him and this is where my empathy comes in. Can you imagine him? Here it is. He has this these children who know, who he know, and they know, I've never done anything wrong to you. Mm -hmm. And you will sit back and you will create this whole lie. Yeah. And you will support the lie. And then you have the nerve to say, I want to have a relationship with you. I, and I've talked about before, like I always talk about my two uncles. Who I watched be accused of rape before. I ain't gonna be able to do it. But I, I rarely speak about my own personal experience and why I'm so adamant about get the fuck off of social media and go to court. Because people do that. I, I remember a family member, uh, my, my mother was taking care of my little cousin. And my aunt had given without unbeknownst to my mother giving rights to the child to some other person, some friend of hers or whatever. And, and instead of the, the person going to court and saying, hey, she gave us parental and we want to fight the family for the child, she went on a smear campaign. Like she went to the, the, the nursery, the head start that my sister, my little cousin went to and said that I molested the little girl. Now, mind you, I'm only four years older than these two little girls. But at that time, it could have been, that could have been something as a child that went on my record forever. Had they, it went to court and they believed it or trumped up some, you know, um, examples or evidence or whatever. And I, when I hear these cases, that's where my mind goes to. Because I, at the time, I was even too young to understand it. But as an adult, I am, and me and my me and that cousin, we still to this day don't talk because she, in her mind, has been raised to believe I did something wrong to her. And but that the makes funny me thing about that, 
And what I will say is, I, the, the, I one, thank you for sharing that. And also, too, um, the, you know, I, you know, I commend you for your confidence and where you are with it, because some people will still have some reservations about even disclosing about that. About it you know, because it's yeah. very traumatic. And the reason why mm -hmm. it's traumatic is, is because um, the fact that you're able, this is how we know how traumatic it is. The fact that you're able to recall that incident and you are like, what, 60 years of age right now? And so you're able to recall ah, it. It's still younger than you. It's still younger than you. <laughs> you're still able to recall it. Let's, it, it that's mm -hmm. an, an that's it indicative of how traumatic it was. Um, and that's the reason why it's important that you you know you really do an investigation and you hold the parents, you hold adults accountable for stuff that they sit back and they they're willing to go after, which is fine. You can go after the perpetrators, but a part of it is we you're responsible. You're responsible for the safety of your children. You're responsible. And in some in these situations, I, I really feel that um, people have gotten used to weaponizing the legal system so that they can distort truths or create it because they know, and especially in situations where it's, you know, um, uh, um, parents against one another, you know, a father against a mother or, and they no longer together, they get into this thing where they're able to, you know, um, create these uh, allegations against one another. And no one says, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. After the investigation, if we find that this is false information, we're going to hold you, we're going to charge you. Like making, like, but, but making false allegations toward to an officer is illegal, but they're never held up to that. But the fact you know, that, but, but when, but I think it would carry more weight if someone says, well, you know what, uh, we're going to charge you, and they follow through with the charges. Because then it, what happens is it lets the individual that was the, the victims involved, because I feel like the father in that situation on Ayanna Van Zandt's show, I really felt for him. Because yeah. I, I could clearly see that he was hurting, and he had been hurting for yeah. years. And when, when they the lie detector came back, you could feel this is hard drop because he was in his mind he would have had to live with that lie for the rest of his life well no i think what happened was that that it was it it, it was that she um admitted that she falsified that information mm -hmm. yeah she basically disclosed like no i just I made mean, this he up. knew she was lying but we her knew that but behind it was i think what crushed him like you would really tell my children something like this just because we aren't together but, or you're mad the, at me. Yeah, it was horrible. And uh, all thing is, is that that's not the first time I've heard of situations like no. that. Oh, no. I've no. had many situations where um, men have lied on women, women have lied on guys and said things that's, that is horrible. And, no. you know, they've, they've suffered the consequences of a lie. Lied on, you know, I've seen it where the step parents were lied on or you know the, the and, and honestly i feel like i think that when justice fails and that and when justice fails like when you go to the legal system and you come out and it and and it just it it serves you no purpose when it fails you to that, that to that extent i can honestly see and understand why people break and do some of the things that they do
And if anybody that's ever had conversations to me about R. Kelly or or Cosby or anybody of this sort, now Tiffany and Aries, and I'm not even a fan of Aries. I'm just being point blank. But I'm not. To lie I'm about not. Never really like that. funny. Um, and that, I mean, that's that's about personal preferences, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you know, it's his craft. He's a commit. He there are fans of his, you know, but I mean, I was never like, you know, gung ho, but I'm not too gung ho about any comedians of this era. You know, I'll listen to them. some of them. They're funny at times, you know, but, you know, um, but I, I but wouldn't want to see anybody accused of something or false no. accused in general, specifically no. a black man about something no. like this. No, and no. and it just be because I don't like him is okay because a lot of people are are claiming their guilt based off of whether they like the person or not, and karma is a bitch. It it is a bitch, and he did just put that out there, but it it just feels like it's a already. You also, know, I, didn't really, I didn't really like her to begin with, so I could see her doing something creepy like this. Also, I think that, you know, people have to understand that opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. You don't have to accept everybody's opinion. It's so just this. Are, I don't know what it is about this issue. And I'm not saying I'm overlooking Tiffany Haddish. But this issue with any black man, it is in, in me just disclosing that. And my other experience with it, it is it makes me terribly uh, uncomfortable because you are put into situations where you could be literally just minding your business and somebody says something. And because you are a black person or a black man, more likely, it's going to be believed. Like, mm, Nate is a little quiet. So maybe he was, you know, touching that person. And that, that makes me, like to this day, what she thinks about me often pops in my mind. If she's ever in my presence or... You know, I see one of her sisters. Like I'm, I, it's 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 like a thorn in my side. Like, did she and tell that, somebody else, or did somebody else tell some? Like, it's I, part of me wanting to be famous. I remember being young and wanting it. A part of me not pursuing as much when I was younger was for that reason. Like, what if I do something and that comes out? I, I'm not gonna put myself through that. And it's and you know what? And I'm like that. And honestly, that's the purpose. That's the importance of why we do have counseling, because mm -hmm. regard that that um, impacts your social development. Mm -hmm. Because it, it, it you um because that sound that it, what I'm hearing is is that's it, it's impacted your ability to trust. And because as when I was younger, yes, as I've grown yeah. into an adult, I've been able to forgive myself for being hard on myself and. I, I did forgive the party's concern, but at the same time, I had to let it go because it really followed me into my early 20s. And I was very untrusting of women for that reason, because it was women who pursued this. It was women. And I remember my like I remember that day when she said it because the accusation had been made and we knew nothing about it until I became a teenager. And I remember being on the phone with that lady who had custody of my cousin at the time and her making mention of it. And I remember like, did she just say that? And my aunt and my mother were on the phone and they both said, Nate, we know you didn't do it. You fine. 
And but in my mind, even then, I knew the weight of being a black man because I had already watched two of my uncles be accused of rape. So it, it in my mind, I already had that from a very young age. I understood that. So to so for somebody to say, Nate, you good, yeah, you know I'm good. So I know you would testify on my behalf. But what about the other people who don't know me that they've shared this with? I used to be terrified of getting in trouble because what if that was attached to a record somewhere? Like I used to did not, I, that's why I've never been in trouble before because I just, I didn't want that to be something that came out or, but people don't realize the, just saying stuff like that, even, you know, even accusing somebody of being creepy, like that makes me mad because you're attaching real life trauma to you don't want somebody looking at you. Like, and they blow it so, like, it's a bunch of memes and uh, skits now about that. Like, um, and, and there's one skit where it's like, you'll be randomly looking somewhere and somebody will come over like, yeah, you see that pretty girl over there? Yeah, she wants you to stop being creepy. Like, I'm across the room, bitch, turn your back. So you don't see me looking at you. Even if I'm being creepy, it just makes me mad that people really believe these things and use these terms. That's why I speak so much about children and giving them the right vocabulary when dealing with stuff because you give them words that they have no capacity at that part of their life to understand. And then as adults, we're now using that same verbiage to explain things that just simply make us uncomfortable. You and also people across the room is... It's not creepy. I just don't want you looking at me, but I can't control what, what you look at. Well, no, I think that, and you know, I think that we live in a society where people are um, navigating off of their own traumas. And that's yeah. the important why we have to have, some, we have to, especially in the black community, we really have to have um, real mental health services and we have to have real conversation dialogue. Need to be on every um, yeah, about you know um, childhood experiences and things of that nature. You know, mm -hmm. the environment that we grow up in is traumatic. You know, what growing outside, going outside, and hearing gunshots every night, and police sirens every day, and helicopters flying about, and motherfuckers running past you, and you're afraid that they're gonna bust you upside your head and steal your shit. That that is very traumatic. And then, you know, we grow up in, a, in, in, um, uh, in our communities where, you know, unfortunately, not everyone can be trusted. There are individuals out there that mean you harm. They want to do something to you. They will do something to you. Um, yeah. So that is a, that's, that's a reality. That's probably because they but were. My issue, my primary concern is, is that when people, um, you know, they take um, they use, they weaponize the legal, the justice the system and it, as a means of getting revenge. So I'm going to make up a story about you just because I'm mad at you. Even like situations where, you know, women have gotten taken men down to um, downtown and filed child support on them because I, I wanted you to be the father. Well, no, that's not the father. Well, I didn't know what well, was your responsibility to find the fuck out. So, and you know, and so I had a situation where, you know, um, that's happened, you know, and a guy has spent years taking care of a child only to find out that this is not my child. I have a friend that- And, and, you, and, and the mother is, the mother is cussing him out 
over this child and you won't do this for this child. And it's not his child. So he's experienced emotional and psychological abuse over a child that he, he's grown to love. He's caring for only for him to find out years later, this is not my child. How do you expect him to respond? On the reverse, where, you know, you knew that this person was the father and you never sought them out. You never made the arrangements to break them the news to them or give them, you know, but it, it, a lot of this stuff, it really, I keep it to myself because we're in this Me Too, we're still in the midst of this Me Too space, and it's just, it's not um, appropriate in today's world for men to bring up issues like that, because it looks like we're just trying to do a call in response to what women are saying. And it's really not the truth, because they go along with each other, because many of these people, you know, and believe the victim or and, and that i have a problem with that because what qualifies you as a victim before we've even seen a case unfold you know and i and i understand on both sides like the reason that i can't just arrest you or charge you because you made an allegation is because what's gonna happen when you know as what has always happened where people have gotten off for doing those heinous crimes and I am, you know, I'm sitting here as a person who was the victim, not seeing my day in court. But so it it, it becomes like a, a double-edged sword. So if we make those laws, people who really are a victim will also be charged. So you can't necessarily, it's hard to, I understand why they don't push it, because it is against the law already. You know, false cross you know, to make a false claim in court or to a police officer is punishable with, by arrest or fine, at least. But but what happens is people have always gotten off. So if I hold these people who lied to the fire, I have to also hold to the fire the person who just lost the case off a of technicality or whatever. So that becomes a part. But issues like this, being a Black man makes me uncomfortable. Because yeah. and it, it it was just how viciously already started. I mean, we're reporting it now, but I'm not. You know, I I I couldn't watch it because I watched a portion of it and it got cringy. And because I work with children, that makes me uncomfortable. And I don't want that shit on my my anything. So I'm not even downloading it or why I'm not doing it. If, if the way they have it is 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 it's an edited version, but you could get the gist. It's not like that there's nudity or anything. Um, it's just yeah. the way the acting is, you know, um it's basically, you know, the guy being a creep, you know. He's watching a kid play, he's doing um, you know, um Sexual, you know, sexual. I saw where he was looking through the newspaper at him or something. Yeah, it, um, it, it was it was cringy. It, that's yeah. a, that's the most I can say about it. It was cringy. I understood. Like I said, I understood it because um, it just it looked like you know that they were insinuating that they were trying to. It was a failed attempt at them trying to do like a you know scared straight type of uh, video or skit. Whereas though you just like, you know, call the action, you know, you need to pay attention to what you should do, who you're leaving your children with, basically, because I could see it. I got that. It was just it was the acting was just ill.
And I think that just because we are uncomfortable with situations. It gave me real porn vibes. And like old It didn't give porn. me that. It, it didn't give me porn vibes. It just gave me no, not, 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 the, not the action in it, but just the look of it. Like the camera was real outdated. But we, again, I'm looking at this the same way many of these other people want rush to judgment and just blaming now. But you're looking at something through 2022 eyes, right? And also, again, like I said, it didn't. It looked like it was. It was meant to be some, uh, um, you know, uh, yeah. Basically, it didn't look like you know um, this was something that was intentionally meant to be creepy. It was supposed to make you uncomfortable. It was supposed to make you say, "Oh my goodness," mm -hmm. and it did that. It was very jarring. But well, that's at the what end, it but it was it wasn't comedic at all. That's it was not yeah. comedic. There was not any point that was actually funny about it. I think that even with the um the um Tiffany's role, you know, she was just a um basically basically she was a negligent mother. She would Hi, ask her uncle, she would ask her uncle, right. would you watch my kid? And she would go out and party and everything like that. And the thing was, so it wasn't that she was actually doing anything. It was just that she was participating. So would you watch my kid, Uncle So-and-so? And he'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch the kid. Come on. And then the kid would, you know, be playing in front of uh, Uncle So-and-so, and he would be watching the kid and looking all crazy. It was one situation where the kid is in a bathtub. She's gone. She's got to run down to the store or something like that. Mm -hmm. Kid is in a bathtub. She's like, mm -hmm. locked him in a bathtub. and. It was that type of stuff. And it was like, you know, um, at the end, I think the 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 child and the, so the the way it was was when a child looks at the uncle at the end, the uh, the child now is having sexual fantasies of the uncle. So it, the roles have reversed. Mm. And so that is and so I understood what the intentions was. I just think that it was it was in poor taste, um, but then all art and all art isn't tasteful. You know, a lot of art isn't tasteful. Um, that doesn't mean it's not art, and that doesn't mean that the intent behind it was to do something malicious. That's why I said, "Well, what was that yeah. intention?" And everything. Um, yeah. Now, if the at the end, I guess that's going to come out in court. I think the art value of it will come out yeah, in what court. Was the, what was so the intent? Hopefully. It doesn't get to that point, and there's something. But there's like a lot of art. That but this sounds like it's going to be a payoff. Well, this is the, a lot of art is intentionally mm -hmm. um, shocking. It's meant to be, you know. And I think that this was because if yeah. you, I believe, if you know Tiffany Haddish's story, you know that she didn't grow up in the best of situations. So in her way, this mm -hmm. may have been her way of delivering her story. You get what mm -hmm. I'm saying without it necessarily being so heavy, and so that's probably why she that's why she participated in. Um, we don't know. I don't know Eric Spears' story, but you know, I don't know if that's something he experienced. So I, a lot has to do with what's the intention. Was the intention to do any harm? And mm -hmm. also, the thing is, is that again, um, this is the mother. We're the individuals involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because this was years ago. How old are they now? Because that speaks volumes. Well, the children's supposed to be adults now. 
that speaks volumes because as an adult, you don't, you're not under the care of an a parent. So you can actually tell your own story. Mm-hmm. So why haven't they said anything? Or if they had, you know, but, tell, but, but, but see, and the same thing that I said that before I worried about my little cousin, if you've been raised in this narrative as an adult, yeah, they molested me. But we don't know that. No, I'm just saying. No, but I'm saying in that situation, that's grooming. Someone telling you what to say and how to say it. You know, that's giving you a prompt. That's grooming you. In this situation, this mother is saying that my child was damaged. And what I'm saying is, is that if that was the case, and these are adults now, the mother wouldn't have to say anything. Mm -hmm. The adults would. Yeah. If they felt comfortable doing it, but we don't know that. Mm-hmm. And this is what this is the problem that I'm having with this whole situation is, is that it looks like, OK, well, you know, because even that they're not asking. I don't see the, the individuals involved asking for money. Well, that's what allegedly that's what the mother has been doing throughout all this. Why is it, say that, say that you're now. It's no, yeah, this is but not, I think that's who I think the suit is coming from them. I don't think it's necessarily coming from the mother. I think it's coming from them. But again, that's why I attach that grooming element to it. Because if you've been raised in this narrative of this was happened to you when you were on the set of such and such, and they did this to you, over time you then be you start, well, there that's that's what happened to me. Even if you have a memory of that that is different from the narrative, so now as adults, you're now, you have probably a vague memory of it, because those children are kind of young, but at the same time, the boy had to be about, he had to be about a good seven or eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was not young. He was he was old enough to know. Not saying yeah, that he but didn't. still, but you know, memory often is not the reality is typically sometimes the emotion that you put on it, the emotional value. And I'm not saying that that didn't occur. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that um, hopefully what you're saying is accurate. It looked, for me, it looks very um, for me as a parent, if I was a parent, Mm -hmm. it looked opportunistic. Mm -hmm. And it looks like we're making the, the biggest issue, the concern is money. You know, mm-hmm. um, if someone ever damaged my child, my nieces, my nephew, um, yeah. a cousin or anything of that nature, I'm not looking for money. But that's too, too much. That's what people look I'm not for looking that. for money. That's what people, and it speaks people, volumes. people feel this like that's my personal opinion. It speaks volumes as a as to me because it's like, yo, if you out here and someone does something to your child, and you only think about money, you mm-hmm. do something to my child, they may not find you. Fuck all that. They may still, they will be, that you will be part of an urban myth. But it, it's the unfortunate part of, it's less and less parents that think like that, and more and more parents that's looking for a payday. That's why, that's why if you kill somebody's child, it's so easy for the city or the government to give you a couple million dollars and, you know, throw it out of court because people are willing to take the financial gain. And then often, and I would, I'm always curious 
you know, wear those one of those Oprah where they now moments like uh, interview them 10 or 15 years later, the Freddie Gray family, like where are they now? What did the money help? Did it solve anything? Were you able to start businesses in his name or like what what happened as a result of being paid off? You know, not and not even bashing them, but just did that solve anything? You know, just like getting mad with somebody who raped you. And, and, I, and I get with, and in that situation, in that situation with the police, mm -hmm. I understand it because you're not since you don't want since you're you're not going to do you know they're not going to be found guilty. Well, we have to hit them someplace else. So hit them in the pocket, and the city has to pay. So when the city has to pay millions and millions and millions of dollars, eventually they say, you know what, we, we, um, we're tired of bleeding money over shit that we can do something about. So I absolutely understand that. Whether they make a, whether they do something beneficial with the money, doesn't matter. You were supposed to do a job, you didn't do your job, and this is what happened as a result of it. But that, obviously, but on the side, I'm looking at the side of the people who pursue those opportunities. Not where, you know, that was a good example, but more so people who they drop their kids off at Neverland. You know, they get their children, they allow their children to go to an R. Kelly concert. But that's why, so first of all, again, again, just listen. On the cover of R. Kelly's music, what does it say? Parental advisory. Explicit, explicit content. Mm -hmm. Why would I allow my child to go to a concert where if I was to purchase it, you can't even purchase it unless it's an adult, unless you're an adult? Yeah. Make it make sense. It doesn't. So, so this is why I have a problem with that. Because if the music, if you can't even purchase this damn music as an adolescent, Mm -hmm. Why would I feel comfortable with letting my child go to a concert when I know it's going to be nothing but grown, horny adults there? Like the parental advisory that he has circulating on this damn screen. That's like me sending my child to an Uncle Luke's concert. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there, you, you got yo-yo with a hose head and I want to I want to rock right now and all that stuff jumping off and asses clapping and titties humping and jumping all over the place and you mean to tell me that I'm okay with sitting my child in? Yeah. My and, then, and, and I don't... Okay, first of all, a horny, this is, this is just, let's be real, an adolescent who's developing, who's horny who's moving off of their um, 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 hormones. You think I'm going to send my teenage child to an R. Kelly concert? Mm -mm. Not even about R. Kelly. It's about what do you expect to see there? Yeah. That's like me going to a Megan Thee Stallion saying my kid is okay with going. I'm, I'm, I'm going to send my teen to a Megan Thee Stallion concert or a Cardi B concert. And it's not, I love both of them. But do you think I'm going to my 13-year-old to a damn Megan the Scale you call her? She better sit her ass the hell down. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it just, and, I, and I'm not a person because I know being raised by a single parent, seeing a lot of parents that aren't necessarily single, they're still together, and how difficult it is. What I'm saying is, 
we we have to get into a space where we're giving specifically children the right verbiage the right verbiage when dealing with no so the thing about it is that this is why i think it's important because putting a lot of responsibility on children and it's not the children it's the adults yeah they need the right verbiage and stuff but a lot of the adults don't have the appropriate verbiage Right. And the thing about it is, is that you need to, if you are a parent, your first responsibility is to the safety and care of your child. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and we, we, that's where we've messed up is we putting all this responsibility on children and no, it's not the children's fault. It's the adults. Yeah. It's not the children's fault. That kid that was the kid that shot that um, 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 guy downtown. Um, the squeegee kid. He is it really. It's not his fault that he had to do that. No. Nope. And it's unfortunate that man lost his life. But what the hell is a grown man chasing a kid with a bag? Mm-hmm. And that shows that shows fact, how that child was shown. Also, how do you not know when your the fact that my teen kid is in the middle of a highway that they have that they have access to a gun. That could have gone wrong for any. Mm -hmm. Someone could have looked at the kid without that that incident even happening and said he has a gun on him. Mm. But I I want to get a little bit more information on the story. Yes, and then we can bring it back on next Friday. Um, because I just I don't want to put the I, I don't I don't want to just make speculations because that's what I'm complaining against. Uh, but one social media is not court. Um, social opinion matters, but to the extent of the law. So where the uh -huh. law starts, that's where your opinion stops. In my opinion, in short. Well, the law can be construed, and lawyers aren't tough let me tell you something that the law is not necessarily fair yeah yeah but but at least let at least let no i no, let them let do the their job if they were if they were thorough and good at doing their job I, but no i don't trust them either because i've seen them do investigations and shoddy ass work and that's the problem because that's, again, that's us. we have to we have to speak to that. We have we have powers in this in our community to make all that change. So we have to at least speak up and make things better on that side. Because I don't trust the world governed by Facebook comment opinions. I don't. No more than I trust, you know, the state's attorneys. But at the same time, they at least have to do their job. And we have the power to make them do that job the right way. We just choose to turn a blind eye until it's our family member or until it's our situation on the line. But again, we're 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 gonna pick this up next Friday. Uh and myself and Blue will do our due diligence in finding out more information because stuff is coming out now, and I I suspect in the next couple of weeks they'll have more information in terms of what the court is going to be and all that. Right. Um, on a lighter note, <laughs> but still toxic, um, the topic for today is what is your taboo? Now, um, I I was talking about this this week with a friend 
and I was based off a, a, a blog that I was reading, and it says, uh, Mr. Dupree says, African Americans of both genders tend to be some of the most religious, socially conservative groups in the country, probably in the top three, aside from Southern whites and Hispanics. Thus, homosexuality is deeply frowned upon at best, met with spiritual and intellectual, verbal and actual violence at worst. Uh, it says, I would say only real other, uh, the only real other taboos in my, in our communities are political conservatism and mental health, uh, mental health treatment. Black people in general and black men specifically have had to be mentally, spiritually, and physically stronger than other white counterparts. And thus any emotional weakness is looked upon as almost fatally unacceptable. We have had to be survivors for so long that we have forgotten how to be emotionally vulnerable. As far as political ideologies, those who were out to physically and politically annihilate us were, at least from the mid-60s to present, politically conservative. You don't see a lot of I'm with her or Bernie 2020 stickers or alt-right or Klan rallies if those two are even distinguishable. So what? So basically this, this blog entry was about how when taboos do come up within our culture of being African-American, Black, whatever the diaspora term is, of the, the term is now, um, we often choose very religious and conservative viewpoints, despite us doing the same thing, that we're judging someone else for, or uh, just not being religious people in every other aspect of our life, except for these issues. He used homosexuality as an example, but there are plenty of other taboos. So my question to both Marnie and to Blue, what are some taboos that you think are prevalent in our community? Culturally, I think you named the ones that I would think. I mean, uh, I, I think that as I think in our community, um, any form of intimacy between men that re requires emotion mm -hmm. is a taboo. You know? And then just putting it in and sticking it. No, I mean, just between men. You no, know, that's just, it. outside yeah. of. Actually, just them putting it in, in sexually inserting. That's that's where the line that's is going. Extreme. You know, when and even in the gay community, um, men aren't men eat that there is, and this is just me and my experiences. Um, a lot of men find it appalling to kiss. They'll be they'll they'll actually engage in sexual acts. So they'll suck on your penis. They'll they, you know, suck, they'll suck on, slurp on. They'll stick in, um, but they will not kiss you. Um, and it, that's just amongst gay men. Like gay black men do not kiss. I, and that was the biggest issue because I've always felt like that to me is the most intimate thing that you could do. And if I'm in a relationship with a, a male, um, you know, then I want to kiss. I will kiss a female. So why can't I kiss a man? And that's a big issue. Like men, I don't kiss, I don't do that. And women say, women, I've, I've been hearing, a, watching this, there's a, there's a 
podcast for everything now, but I've been hearing a lot of women say the same thing about men. If they aren't intimately like connected to them, they don't get the that type of affection either. But I know it would probably be more prevalent when you have in the same gender male relationships. So I think that, you know, um, and I've always had an issue with that. I've always had an issue with individuals not knowing the difference between, you know, just um, um, physical intimacy and emotional intimacy and spiritual well, and but, but understand, the problem with that is, especially when it comes to men, and I'm not, I don't, I don't want to say problem, but what happens is if I'm not, men are able to, in many cases, separate uh, sex and emotions. They're able to separate that unlike any other, well, I'll say any other gender, but the opposite gender or other genders. Um, because men are able to do that, I, I'm not into you. So this is just sex. I don't, we're not. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I, I'm, I, I wouldn't think that. I think that's. I think that the interpretation of why they move the way that they move is because they don't. They're separating the two. And in reality, I believe that the, it's not that they're separating the two. It's that they're now they're defensive of the emotions. And I think that what it appears mm-hmm. is is that um, I'm not emotional. In reality, well, but that's their men, way of doing it. Of, that's their way of doing. It. They feel like they are separating themselves from the emotional connection. And as long as I don't kiss you or we don't cuddle or do anything intimate beyond sex, which they don't understand is intimate, you know, I'm I'm safe. But if I let you kiss me, then I'm going to start feeling stuff. And then people go, no. Or like, that's that's how I normally see it. Because I've felt that way myself before. Like, I'm not a big affectionate person, like hugging and kissing. I don't. Let's see. I think that I think I think we put a whole lot of stock on the physical, like just the penetration and not understanding that you can have you can experience a deeper connection if you were if you didn't you you didn't do the well, you physical, did. what you do for you to in my mind for you to go through with that. You already had an attraction to the person. You felt something for that person. Because I don't think you would lay down necessarily with somebody who you don't feel anything for. But I, but we've tricked ourselves mostly into believing that the intimacy is the kissing and the hugging and the I love you. We've tricked ourselves to thinking those things are reserved for that. Well, no, I think that... I think that... I think, no, I don't think that we've tricked off. That's not, I don't believe that. I believe that it is intimate to do those things. I just feel like that when you're doing that, there's a notion that that makes you, um, it makes you vulnerable. And to me, when you are, when you, if you've gone to the point where you are submitting yourself to someone and you're allowing them to physically have sex with you, then you, to me, you've already committed your body to it. And I wouldn't commit yeah, my body. We, we don't, we typically don't see it that way. That's what it actually is. That's why I said even before we even are intimate, I have a tra- I there's something about you that I like. Yeah, but before and this is just me. Before I give you my body, I want to give I want there has to be an emotional connection there. I'm not just going to throw myself onto the, the a bed because, you know, I I'm horny and that's it. Yeah, but you are but but understand 
Now, this is me. This is me. And I think people are different. You have a freedom about yourself that allows that. Most people won't allow themselves to be free enough to admit that. Even if the back, way, way, way in the back of their head, they know that to be true, they will never allow themselves to admit it. It's it troubles me that when I like a lot of gay men don't they don't kiss, and it's like yo, let's you want to you want to you like that you, wanna, you wanna, it's not well then why are you in my presence? You man, look, I'm gonna your expectation, and this is my this is the now, thing. If you want to if you want to if you want to have sex if you want to fuck, then my expectation is is that there is a degree of intimacy that I'm expecting. I don't want you to just penetrate me and you bust a nut and you go, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Man, so you and that's to me. And that's to me. You sound like my baby mother now. You sound like my baby mother now. Like, and and you know what? And no, I don't. I mean, she's your baby mother, so there had to be something there. But do you? I mean, people listening, do you hear the the crazy that's in that? Like, I, I hate to use the word crazy, but that's kind of off to me to what their response, the response typically is that. Man, I I just came like, are we gonna fuck for what? Like, that's all I really came here for. Yeah, no. Like, I ain't got time for no, all we're that. Not. Like, I ain't no, got time. No, we're not having a nice death. And no, then that's not. that, and, 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 but see, understand. Now, get granted, I, I, and I, let's make, let's be clear. Mm-hmm. I, I reserve that for some kissing is reserved for individuals that I have a deeper, I feel a deeper emotional connection to. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, is that even in those um, um, experiences, the guys are reluctant to kiss. And so I've always been like, well, what the hell? And so and now, now it, could be, it could be a pitched and ate a cheesesteak sub and breath is on home. And they like, I ain't put I ain't put my tongue in that old dirty ass mouth. Yeah, you know if you eat somebody's ass, then oh, that could be the case. Saying, you know, and, and, and some guys know their bodies better, so they might be like, look, if you put my penis in your mouth and you can't put your tongue in my mouth, you got <laughs> But if you that close, if you that close that a kiss is a problem, that's to me that's still an excuse because you you willing to get that close to somebody, but no, uh, no. Body odor no. Is They're like, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, again, like I said, if you, if, if, I don't understand that. I think, and I think that sex amongst, and and um, I think that we can talk about it within a, in a vulgar sense. But when we're actually having a, a conversation about um, sexual practices, taboos, fetishes, and things of that nature. I think that Black people are very very conservative about that stuff. And they need well, to have we, a are we like masturbation. I I, black people are so conservative. Some, I'm not going to say all. Um, but conversations about masturbation, you know, that's still like, ooh. 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 And it's like, um, it's okay. It's okay to masturbate. It's okay to have a conversation about masturbation. Love yourself well, first. I'm going to say certain topics for me, and I think growing up in a house full of women, I had so some question. So, so I'm going to ask you this. I'm, I'm, I'm deliberately doing Do you masturbate? No. Why? Because it's a very uncomfortable thing for me. Like, that's not something that I would enjoy. 
Oh, okay. It's just, it's just, and I, I, I I'm telling have you, you, have you, you ever masturbated before? No, I, I, I wouldn't have. Um, I think my. Wait a minute, you've never masturbated. No. So how do you know you wouldn't like it? Because I, the thought of it makes me uncomfortable. The thought. The thought of it makes me uncomfortable. What's the thought? Just the oh, thought of doing something like that makes me uncomfortable. What? I'm gonna tell. Let me tell you. Let me let me tell you where it started from. I'm listening. So, as a very young child, I had a very adult adult experiences. Like, so I had cable in my room at a very young age, and I remember Playboy used to come on. And and you know back then you couldn't lock certain channels. It just what you had is what you had. And we had cable in all of our bedrooms and the living room and the kitchen. So I was able to watch uh, Playboy, uh, what was it, HBO Real Sex. And I remember- And you didn't masturbate. Because that wasn't, I don't think that's a, for not everybody, that's a urge that happens initially. So had, So the way this happened was I went to sleep watching playboy my mother must have came in because when i woke up the next morning the tv was off so my mother often would come in my room and turn my tv off because i would go to sleep and that was back when i'm and i'm dating myself um like remember the, the fuzz would come on when nothing else was on mm-hmm. like so she would come in and turn the tv off so the next day the whole next day so even if the next day did not happen. I may have developed that sense that most boys do where they start masturbating because they can, they can see stuff like that. Well, my mother made that very uncomfortable to me because she made me sit in the living room where my mother and my grandmother were in the kitchen and they could see right into the living room and my great-grandmother and I were in the living room and she made me put Playboy on the channel. That's why to this day it's very uncomfortable for me to even watch porn. Because then oh, I so, oh, so you was traumatized, is what you were. Very are. much so. Very when I say it made me so uncomfortable, because I was literally sitting in the room with my great grandmother who was laughing. My grandmother was laughing. My mother was laughing. And they made me turn on Playboy. Oh, you go watch Playboy, you go watch it in front of everybody. And yeah. it was all women. And I, my mentally, it just, that's why my sex drive is very different from people who I come in contact with because I didn't have those experiences. I know what it and is. And that's the problem. And this is, let me tell you the first person that my idol was Dr. Ruth. Now here it is. I, as a, as a, uh, a child, I looked up to her because she was so with Abraham conversations about sex that was so that no one was having conversations about. And I, I remember just, watching that. She used to come and on so, but now with me and, you know, all of the, yeah, I've experienced um, um, sexual traumas and things of that nature, but I never had that dictate how I developed, you know what I mean? Like, I, and even with the individual that was involved, I believe that they, they themselves were victims. And so I don't, I, my narrative is completely different because mm-hmm. I was able to, now I will definitely say as a child, your emotional development is, development is, a, is the last thing that actually develops. 
You know, you'll develop physically, you'll develop intellectually, but emotional development is the last thing that truly develops. It takes longer. So for me, I understood why there was a struggle growing up emotionally because I was immature. I had to develop in that regard. But I still believe that adults, a lot of adults don't have um, any emotional intelligence. But when it comes to developing and having a healthy sexual life, you have to have a conversation about sexual practices that it may make you feel uncomfortable because you thought about it, but you don't know how to articulate it and everything. I remember my mother beating the hell out of me because I thought I knew what masturbation was and I didn't. Mm. And, but the crazy thing is when I was an adult, I was able to have a conversation with her and she was like, you know what? It was just an uncomfortable conversation for me to have. And that was my response. (laughs) But did that stop me from masturbating? Hell no. And the funny thing is, it was it, it, it. But I think that that's unco- like talking about sex in that way is something that should happen. Um, you know, it should happen more often because it's to me what it provides a uh, end of young people provides even adults with some education. I find it very crazy. I think it's crazy that there are people who are in relationships with one another and they're not pleasing one another. Well, that's because people are in relationships for different reasons. No, but but yeah, but if you're not being pleased while you're there, you could be there for financial reasons. You could be there for financial reasons. But my thing is, you the way you have grown into yourself is not the majority. It's not the mindset of the majority. And many people have learned how, and now we're seeing men are learning how to survive and learning how to be with somebody that they don't necessarily want to be with because of survival. You see, the craziness to me is it's cheaper to keep her. Like, to me, it's like something toxic than to go off on your own. And I think it's like, I compare it to walking around with a size 12 foot and a size seven shoe. And there's a lot of people that do that. And yeah, but I, no, I need to have yeah, a But again, to- you have people who, like, I think I've always been a few years younger emotionally than I am maturity wise or this physical age because I was, I, I was. I didn't jump off the porch until I was 18. And even then, like, I baby stepped off of the porch, you know, figuratively speaking. But your mindset is not of the majority in my, from my experience. And even people who, who I've come across that has, have your direct type of mindset, it still took them, it, they grow into it. That's why you have people 60 and 70 years old leaving their wife and kids out of out of the blue because they that's why we have we was just talking about um what was what did i call her her she republican last week out of mm. the blue you just I, 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 I think that was uh, i'm gonna keep my yeah, I, I, he is the only i i do believe he was truthful in his experience because it's just something about outgrowing your shell. And at some point, like you said, that size seven 
it's not even just painful no more. I don't even feel my foot anymore. If you've wearing a shoe, wore a shoe that's too small for you for a day, you realize, bitch, I don't even feel my foot no more. No, you don't even walk. Because if you yeah, uh uh. I still believe, and so those things, um, I believe, like, there are people who are functionally living in pain, whether it's mentally, physically, or spiritually, they're in pain. And people have learned how to deal with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the ultimate taboo in the Black community. We've learned how to do with the bare minimum. Also, it's taboo. We I think it's, I think it's a taboo in the black community to um, to admit that we are emotionally hurt. Um, I think that better than others. I know. I think that we don't. We are conditioned to put on a brave face when we are afraid. We're conditioned to put on a brave face and just thrust stuff under the rug mm-hmm. when um, things. Um, Make us uncomfortable, or yeah. and so I think that I think that that is something that needs that that we could do better with, um, especially with young men, um, and also no, I'm, I'm that's not it's across the board now because I feel like women don't do it um, either, and and I think that um, that's a big issue. I do. I think it's a very big issue. I was having a conversation with an adult. I, this is my problem. Also, um, I think that we have this um, notion that age determines, mm-hmm. like we we put a lot of things on age. You know, like age makes you like if you're seventy, you're supposed to be wise. If you're thirteen, you're you're okay. Well, you're supposed to be stupid, and that's not true. We have this thing where age we make age a. a, a primary factor in intelligence and experience and it's not true um and so you know i i have a, i've had conversations with guys that are you know in their 20s and they're like you're older and um you know more than me no, well i might i might not it's based mm-hmm. off i of think we're experience. learning that more now and yeah, I, I, don't think that's been, I don't think and that's I, been a difficult thing or the reason i don't why think that has changed really i think it's just the reason why i have a you know, and the reason why I say that is, is because um, there's this notion that you can only be in a relationship with someone in your age category. So, you know, a 40-year-old has to be in a relationship with a 40-year-old or above. They can't be in a relationship with someone in their 30s and their 20s because that's creepy. That's fucked up and that's bullshit. I don't think it's creepy, but I think if it's you have, especially if that, well, no, because I, I think if both parties it, or at least one of the parties did not have a healthy transition into adulthood. It it won't it it will work for the reasons of security or if you uh, are not an being adult, lonely. But not everybody is. An, I don't think that's. I don't think that should always happen. If I I think if you have a healthy mindset as a twenty some year old, you can date somebody who has a healthy. When is a healthy mindset? I, I just feel like, because I, I think that's the most important part. I what is a healthy mindset? A healthy mindset, meaning you've had that emotional growth, period. You've gone through some things. I don't think it's, it's, it's the fact that you haven't gone through anything, but you have a healthy mindset in terms of how to interact with other people. That's you have about a healthy mindset 
Yeah, but if you if you're 21 and you have a fucked up mentality, you being with a 51 year old is gonna be chaos. How you that know person? That's that that's not true. I've had I was a 20 some year old you and want, fucked up. You are the that you and you want the representation yeah, but I, but of I've every 20 year old person. I've seen it in several individuals though. It's that, not healthy. If you have a daddy complex and you're dating people that are 50 and 60 years old, you're looking for somebody to be your father or your grandfather. No. You're not looking for somebody to be in love with. And that's no. damaging. I'm going to tell you oh, something. That, that's not the that truth. Because when I dated, I used to date older guys. And the reason why I dated Look older guys. Look no, at you no. now. Look okay. at you now. And your golf shirt. Now you become a fucking old. Oh, I mean, <laughs> and that's okay. And your burgundy, and your burgundy. Exactly, and guess what? And I'm able to articulate my feelings and emotions effectively and efficiently. But again, that's not and everybody, everybody though. I didn't say that it does not. No, work. but what you're saying is this: no, no, it you doesn't. can't base every situation off of your traumas. You can't it's, use it's that not, as a measurement for somebody else's stuff. I can say it. I can say it with authority because of what I've experienced. But that's I also your can experience. Say you no, can't, you, no, that's your experience. No, you I'm not looking for, so you're telling you me that because I was dating someone 20 years ask, older than me that I was looking for a father? But if you ask, if you, no. ask, if you line up 10 couples that are 50 to 20 and, and older, younger, I and would bet my life that many of them are there for financial gain. And not for love. The ones that are there for love are there for the wrong type of love because they're replacing the person that they did not have grown up with the person that they're now in a romantic no. relationship. So you're no. technically fucking their fathers no. or mothers. I think that your perspective comes from a very traumatic and skewed but that's, idea, no, ideology. No, because that was never and I think that for, this, this is why I say that. First of all, me dating an older person, I'm not looking at them as my father because I've never looked at it. I've you, never looked at my father you. in that sense. Yes, no, because you had fathers no. to some degree. But no, I'm not looking at you. When I'm dating an older man, I'm not looking at them thinking, oh, just you're like my you're father. Not. The same thing you just said to me, you're but not. But you can't say that there that's how everybody that is. That's how there's you are. That's not that's how everybody you know, is. And that's not, if I'm dating someone older. Said, I never said everybody. You're saying everybody. No, I you said that everybody. You said that no, if you were saying that if I anybody said, does that, these are the reasons why. No, and that's no, not the no, I did, that's not what I said. I said in most mm -hmm. cases that does happen. I said if you ask any of them, they may end up in love, but be, and that's because their emotional maturity and their their growth process has caught up with each other. But many times, because there's so many issues in between both of them, there's a reason that an older man is even looking at a young man in some cases. There's so what's, a reason the, that a what's, so what's the reason why a young man looking at an older guy? Please cases. tell me. What's the, so in, what was my reason cases, for looking at an older guy? There's something missing. So, what was, can, so what was my reason? I'm asking what was my reason? This is not my personal experience. This is not my personal experience. What I am saying is there are, there are situations where I've, I've seen in other people's relationships where that older guy mentally is not on his age range. So him being with somebody younger, to him, it was like, well, I can, I can hang with that. 
And that's some situations. Uh, that's some. That's what I kept saying. That's what I kept saying. I didn't but say what I'm all. saying I kept to saying you is this: I said is so. that that's not a, that that you can't but use that. So. You can't use. You can't because use that. To, that I've you seen. can't generalize and say this is all situations. Okay, then. So there are also situations so. where a younger person is emotionally immature, and they don't want to deal with someone that's emotionally immature. Or they're looking so, for somebody to pay their way. That's yeah, not always the case. They're looking to let me tell you, even as a you, know, you can't say that. Because even as even when I was out there doing when I was in the streets, I didn't I didn't have to have anybody pay my way. I was intelligent enough to know how to be resilient and resourceful for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is that that's not always the case either. I was but I know for saying, because I, I general, that like, was a general statement from me. I know that everybody's saying that, but in many cases you'll find you That'll be what the impetus is that they're not talking about in the relationship or the underlying friction in a relationship. Because I think you know that somebody that's is with you. I think that's I'm not saying head. all people, but there are a lot of people who are in these relationships for those reasons and not and for there are. They, there are, but there are there are what we those are the ones that we hear about because the ones and, that are healthy, you don't hear conversations about them. But the fact is that there are healthy conversations. I've seen just as many healthy older younger relationships as I I've do. seen not healthy. I've seen and those, but those aren't the ones that are talked about, and those aren't that narrative that you're giving isn't the one that they have. No, no, it's not. People no, so easy. No, that's not the narrative. No, that's, not, not, that's not what I said though. You are you are generalizing my statement. I didn't generalize it. I said. Some people and the pe- the the relations that I have seen and the ones that I've been in, they've been both 50-50. Me personally, I've never gotten with someone that was older for security because I've always I've had a job since I was 14. So I never need anybody to take care of me. But I think mentally, an older person, I was more comfortable with them because I grew up with older people. So it was just more comfortable for me to be you weren't looking for a daddy. No, because I never looked at them that way because I was taking care of myself oh. emotionally and physically. Oh. I've always taken care in every relationship, even relationships where I've oh, had my oh, bills oh, paid. They weren't, they weren't manipulating you? No, because I always had my own. I always had my own. Why you didn't why I never did you date your age category? You said what? Why did you date, why didn't you date in your age category? What was the issue? Because I... Well, one, I never grew up with people my age. That was outside of school, and I had a couple friends. I'm about to say you grew up with people age. was always much older than me. Even, even my friends, my friends today, so like you, saying you're that much you didn't older than with people older, I'm younger than I you. I didn't. I really, I and I, I said that I did not hang around people my age. The people in my house were much older. I grew up with a great grandparent. My so grandmother was older. So when you were dating someone older, so my thing is, is that so if if your mother or your father or your aunt or your uncles came to you and was like, "Why you date that old ass man or woman or whoever?" You wouldn't have had a problem with that. Uh, I would not have had a problem with it. But the person that I was when I was younger, I would have listened to what they said. But I never had anybody check me in that way. So nobody, because my uncles and aunts are my age in my age range. 
Right. They were doing and probably the same, making the same mistakes that I was making. At well, the time. I, I just, I, I stand by what I say. You can't base things off of age. I've had, I've well, experienced. No, I don't, I, it's not so much age to me. It's really, it's, I look at experience. Age doesn't, age doesn't equate to me. I, I pay attention to it. We're saying the same thing. That's normally a good marker. But We're saying the same experience thing. to me makes more sense to look to in terms of analyzing the situation because you have some 13 and 14 year olds who have experienced more than you and I put together. And yeah. that's, that's what I typically, I look at experience. So I typically, when I'm talking to people, I'm normally asking them about their experiences. And most mm -hmm. people are uncomfortable talking about that because of what, how it's affected them. So I don't typically ask about, um, Age. Also, I think that a, a, a table is is that um, we are in an instant society, um, mm -hmm. and nobody courts any longer. I am old fashioned in that regard. Whereas though, I don't believe that you can. I don't believe under six months you can say that you know you're in a relationship. I like to. I like to stretch mine out. That's just me. Well, I think, I think these apps, and I don't want to just say the internet, but I think a lot of these apps have sped up that process of getting to know people because people think they can know who you are based off of what you write in a profile or what your name is or how you respond and I, to them. And I think that that's so superficial because I've seen, yeah. I, you know, and based off of past conversations um, mm -hmm. that I do not, I detest, I detest dating apps. I cannot. If you are on a dating is that app, from I, your, is that from your initial experience, or that yes, just was never your thing? Yes, and, it's, and I was there. Um, I was there on a dating. I was. I experienced a dating app, basically, um, um, because of my mom actually. In the city paper, at the back of the paper, when the Baltimore city paper, they would have ads, and they would have um, the dating apps, and oh man, mom. What do you want? It's a rat. No, we were just about to get into a good conversation. Well, this has been the Artist Exchange at Be Exposed Radio. I am host, Blue Waters, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nate Kowser. And we'll join you. We'll <laughs> Niggas will come in and just try to take over. Just take over. Uh, we will see you. <laughs> uh, uh, you will be joined by me and my co-host, Nick Kowser, next you week. Can do uh, it. You can do it, but when you get that cease and desist, because that artist exchange belongs to me, then you'll know. Um, we'll see you next week. Have a wonderful weekend. And until next week. <laughs> oh. To be on time. What you say? I keep on telling you that I'm coming from work, you goon. What the hell? Don't about them junkies. See, the, I hope they got that on tape. Oh. <laughs> oh, I hope they got that on tape. That's going to be a me too. Peace movement. out, people. <laughs> Peace out. Oh, oh Lord. It's like you don't give a fuck about no kids. Okay. Oh, no.